Well, hello there. What's a smark, you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ring Man. I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Hug Life, man. Hug Life, man, not Thug Life. What is this? Why is Bailey Thug Life now instead of Hug Life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. And no, we didn't forget about you. Uh, I was just, uh, unfortunately, well, actually, really fortunately, uh, caught up in some Comic-Con business. And uh, I got the You gotta see quite a few wrestlers, so to make it related to the podcast. <laughs> I, exactly, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I'll talk about. Um, yeah, so I, I sent you some of the pictures. I sent you, because um, I got to see the Hardys, I got to see Enzo and Cass, there was Bray Wyatt, and Alexa Bliss. All at the Philly Comic-Con. Badass. <laughs> so it was a pretty fucking good time. I mean, I didn't actually go up and meet them, because like, I'm not going to pay fucking 50, 60 bucks just for a picture. But yeah, I just got to see him and snap a picture from far away. Yeah, uh, Aaron paid for the picture with, uh, who's it, Will Friedel and Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. Yeah. <laughs> she was so, she apparently fangirled really hard. Yeah, I ended up seeing them too, and I, I mean, I didn't really fangirl that hard, but I was just like, oh shit, Boy Meets World like, guys. Apparently she like squealed afterwards. Yeah. She's like, oh my god! And apparently like, her friend goes like, you were still in earshot of them, definitely. Like, they totally heard that. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I bet they like that, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, to... Because there's, like, the polite kind of, like, fans come up and they said... But, like, when you get a real, genuine, emotional reaction out of somebody... Yeah. It's different. Uh, my excuse for us being late on the podcast is I was getting really drunk. That's a great excuse. <laughs> So uh, tell us, Joe, how how drunk are you right now for this show? I'm not that drunk. Oh, okay. I did. I do have a nice uh, hashtag Bud Light. Hopefully, we can get sponsored. <laughs> uh, uh, going right now, uh, but no, I was up at uh, Princeton had their reunions this weekend, and mm. it's basically a four day drink fest that is still going on right now. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pay like a fee at the beginning, and then it's all you want to drink, and then I think you can get some food at certain tents. Depends, but yeah, it was a blast. Well, it was a hell of a lot more of a blast than watching that Bailey. This is your life segment. Dear God, I needed a beer during that segment. Jeez. Like, where do you start with this shit? There is so much wrong with it. <laughs> well, what was wrong with it was putting those two in that position. <sighs> Like as strong as Alexa Bliss is on the mic, there's no way that she could have like there was I don't know what your thinking was for her to carry a segment like that. Yeah, it was just it was so long and meandering and uh just like it, it didn't connect on any fucking level. No. And like a you know was the first she was trying to save it. <laughs> yeah. But, Do you know how the first This Is Your Life segment worked? Because there's the fucking rock and Mick Foley. You've got motherfucking The Rock and Mick Foley. Yeah. Two of the greatest talkers in the history of the business out there. Without a script, by the way. Completely improv. Well, and it's like, so there was that. 
And then on top of the fact, like, so then even within that segment, the way that was put together, it was a lot more of like a fun, lighthearted kind of thing because it's, it wasn't an antagonistic thing. It's not that The no. Rock and McFoley were enemies. He was trying to celebrate his friendship. So that kind of thing works for this sort of segment. This yeah. doesn't work for a rivalry. <laughs> no. It was, it was Mick Foley bringing out these figures from The Rock's history and The Rock just shitting on them. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know what? Actually, if they had actually followed the formula more carefully, it actually could have worked a little better because at least then Bailey would have gotten something out of this. Yeah, like, like have Alexa like keep trying to antagonize Bailey and have Bailey like throw it back in her face. Yeah, like, you know, have her come out and, you know, I don't know, say some sort of pancake reference joke to the Aunt Jemima thing. Yeah. Like, you know, just get the school teacher out of here or maybe Bailey to Bellier. Yeah. I would have loved to see if, like, Bailey to Bailey at the school teacher. That would have been fucking hilarious. Yeah, like, the, the guy says how, like, he, he only did Bailey to get to the friend. And, like, oh, Bailey, well, yeah, like, gives better. him the bit. Yeah, ba- yeah G- Bailey gives him, like, the Bailey to Bailey. Like, and she's like, well, oh. <laughs> I, I'm doing better than you now or something like that. She could say it's like, hey, it's okay. I forgive you. Come give me a hug. Yeah. And then she hugs him and then fucking suplexes him. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Oh, that would have been awesome. Because then you, you you give both, you give the heel and the baby face, you give them both ammo with that. Right, because it's like, you know, Alexis gets the little bit of ammo of like, just like being kind of a bitch and putting this together. And then Bailey gets the heat of being like, fuck you. Yeah. And Bailey could try to get Alexa at the end. Like, after she's done bringing people out, she goes after Alexa, and Alexa escapes. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so that's that's our, like, if we still had to go with the shitty scenario of having to do this promo, that's how you make it work. Yeah. But my god, this shit should never have fucking happened. That whole fucking, I, like, those stories, my god, dude, does that shit on Bailey's character so hard? It made Bailey seem like the stupidest human being that has ever lived. Because, okay, now according to Canada, because Bailey didn't get to refute any of this. She had zero mic time. She got mm-hmm. no comeuppance on any of those people or Alexa Bliss. So it's just like, okay, everything Alexa Bliss is like said is pretty much true, right? Mm-hmm. According to like WWE canon, like with the Bailey character. So then let's review. What do we know about Bailey's character now that we didn't know a week ago? We, we know that uh, she apparently, even through what was it, high school, she had to bring her uh, father to school with her yeah apparently class that she was friends with a girl who decided to stop being friends with her because she wanted to watch raw and smackdown yeah which if anything i actually would say this is probably the most egregious point because what did wwe do in this segment they just decided to make watching their own product uncool yeah When, when you're a young kid, you shouldn't be watching our product. You should be going out and partying. Right? It's like all the losers stay in and watch our show. <laughs> Which, hold on, have always been on Mondays and, like, Tuesdays for a brief period of time. SmackDown was on Fridays. Like, otherwise it was on Thursdays. Pay-per-views on Sundays. None of those days, except the Friday SmackDowns, would you be out partying. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing is fucking happening on Mondays and Tuesdays. <laughs> like, I... It, could they have shat in their own mouth any worse? <laughs> oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. And then and you know and then so that we got that and then there was the uh, the ex boyfriend who <laughs> almost kissed her father and apparently went on multiple dates with Bailey because he talked about how every time he would she would bring her dad. Yeah, 
So like I like this is just all these people are fucking weird. But Mrs. then Flapper, Tracy wanted to be with the boyfriend. Like I, no, the boyfriend wanted to be with Tracy. Oh right, yeah, it was that way. But she ended up admitting she was like, "Yeah, I thought you were out of my league." <laughs> That's you were, like that they, you they were out of up. my league when the girl that was with you was the girl who was never able to be separated from her father and only ever wanted to watch wrestling. So, so like, even the internal logic of the stupid shit doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like, whoever wrote that really needs to be fired. Yeah. That was bad. That, like, that's indefensibly bad. Like, the, the leaked Mr. McMahon script movie was better than... Because... <laughs> <laughs> Like at least that would be kind of an entertaining movie. <laughs> well, did you read any parts of that? I didn't read it, but I like heard other people talk about it, so I I heard about some parts. Did you hear like the Linda scene? Yeah, with the was <laughs> she introduced herself to Vince by saying something about anal sex? Yeah. <laughs> and then like they leave an arena one night, and she like slams them up against the wall and starts like making out with them in an alley. <laughs> well, that's probably happened. <laughs> It's just so weird. <laughs> but yeah, that that was better than this. Yeah, this this was just the worst. Um, but something that I think was a little bit better, uh, I guess we'll see how well it pays off, is this whole Enzo and Cass, like, who's attacking Enzo storyline. This was fucking brilliant. Whatever writer did this needs to get promoted. So at this point in the storyline, who do you think attacked Enzo? Oh, the Revival. I I think it's Cass. You still think that? Because okay, so there was a, this is a very very small point, but like it's it's it sticks out in my mind. So last week, uh Corey Graves had said something on commentary about how I would like to shake the hand of the man who did this to Enzo. And then this week, you know, Cass came out and that I I loved when Cass came out. He was fucking hot as shit. Just man, oh, yeah, like he, that that looked real. Like it was really good. And he came out, was you know staring down Corey Graves. They had their little spat back and forth, and then what did he do? He shook Corey Graves' hand. Now my question to you is: Do you think WWE's writing is that good? Uh, <laughs> probably not. I, I'd say there's maybe like a twenty-five percent chance at best that they've picked up on this too. So, I don't know, like, I just see that little thing, because I'm a writer, so, like, that's the little thing yeah. that I pick up and I watch that shit. Like, okay, so, you know, spoiler for everybody who hasn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, if you haven't, go fucking watch it, what the fuck's wrong with you? Um, but, at the end, with, well, okay, just make sure, you've seen it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I care about spoiling for you. Other people, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, at the end, with Yondu dying, like, in the, like, really early in the movie, when Stallone came up to him. And was like kind of giving you a little bit of that information about it. like, oh yeah, he used to be in the Ravagers and he got yeah. kicked out. And he had said something along the lines of like, oh yeah, you know, now that you're out of the Ravagers, when you die, you won't get the X, Y, and Z over your grave. And I was like, oh, well, Yandu's dead. Because <laughs> he wouldn't have made that, like that wouldn't be the specific detail that they would decide to highlight if yeah. it wasn't going to pay off. So like, it might be a fucking complete red herring. But my brain just honed in on that and I was like, he, he fucking shook his hand. Motherfucker, he's the one who did it. 
So it, I mean, if it if they do go that way, fantastic. But I would also be okay if it's the revival. Them being yeah. in the background of like the video and stuff was was great. Honestly, at this point, I think it'd be a better idea for them to do the revival because it would it would be good for the revival, and I think Enzo and Cass have more gas in that tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, they would be a, that would be a great feud. Well, I mean, like I think they have more gas in the tank as a tag team first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. before they get to the feud, because yeah, that's got to happen eventually. Whether it's going to be now or down the line. Now, did you also enjoy? So Corey Graves was a part of that segment. Did you also enjoy that he's apparently got another angle going with Kurt Angle? I'm not sure how I feel about that angle right now because I'm pretty sure it's going to be Stephanie McMahon coming back. And mm. fuck that noise. <laughs> I've liked having Kurt Angle. He's been doing great. Just leave Steph off TV. Mm. Yeah, some people have been saying that they're like, oh, Angle just like comes out and does these simple things. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want out of a general manager. Just come out. Set up the match and get out of my face. Yeah, he just he's a supporting character who helps set up the show. He isn't like center stage all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I'm not quite sure how I feel about that because I have the sniffing suspicion that I, I think it's gonna be Stephanie. I sniff her coming back. Um but But I do like, I do like this idea that the like him as an announcer is like the scoop guy. That he's got the scoop on these things and yeah, that's, that's I think, pretty much one of the biggest highlights coming out of this episode of Raw is Corey Graves as this new kind of character. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's a cool character to have within, you know, WWE right now. Mm-hmm. Like this guy who's, you know, just and it's a unique type of character on the show because he's not managing and, anybody. And it could help with storylines. Like, so mm-hmm. to make that connection with the audience of like what they see backstage and how the wrestlers technically don't see that, like mm-hmm. he could make that connection. Like... He could be the guy that tells so and so, like, "Hey, did you see what so and so said about you, or what they were, who they were meeting with?" Like, mm-hmm. and really cover a lot of those potholes. Right, and you know what? The other great thing about it is because then he's also a guy on commentary. Then a lot of the information that he, you know, you know, in real life is just going around and you know getting either the script or gathering information from the wrestlers. Now in storyline, it makes sense as to why he has all this information, mm-hmm. and why the- he can give it to the the general public. Like, why he'd be like. You know, I heard that this face like does this behind the scenes, so he's not quite the face you think he is. You know, I heard that the New Day circle jerks behind the curtain <laughs> before every match. <laughs> but you didn't hear from me. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I, I like the new character. I think it's a unique, fresh kind of thing to put on the show. Yep. And there's a lot of utility to it, so fuck it. And I think Corey Graves, like he, you know, it's, it's a good character for him. Like, I think it fits him. Yeah. Um, another thing that wasn't fresh, though, was that Cesaro and Sheamus, even teaming up with The Miz, cannot beat the Hardy Boys. Jesus Christ. If, if they lose at Extreme Rules, are they done? At, in this feud, yes. Yeah. Because they've been dead in this feud since the beginning. <laughs> yeah, they were fucking losing every time his faces. They've turned heel, and they've still been losing every goddamn week. If they don't win the titles... No interest in this match whatsoever. I, like... I'll, I guess I'll just say what I said last time. I just want them to kill the Hardy Boys. That's what I want them to do. I want them to go savage. I want them to go fucking ape shit and fuck their shit up. You know, really play out the heel shit, get the titles, and then put the Hardys into severe chase mode. Because I, I mean, don't that's think what they, they have should... to do, right? Yeah. That's the only way they come out of this feud looking good. Like, yeah, if like 
I'm serious. They need to win this match. Like they have been bitched out by the Hardys for two straight months now. Mm-hmm. They have to win. Otherwise, they're the club. Like, <laughs> and what has the club been doing the last couple weeks? Nothing. <laughs> you know what? Fuckers aren't even on TV. <laughs> we can kill two birds with one stone at the club. Mm. Finn Balor turns heel, and the club joins up with him to finally form an actual Baylor club. Yes, please. It'll be a positive to everybody. Yeah, just, man. At this point, who do, who do you think is going to be winning the five-way? Because Reigns just got a second pin on TV, so it, it seems like it's probably definitely not going to be him, right? Unless they're just shooting him... St- well, no, they're because they're um, they're gonna save him and Brock for a later date. There's yeah, no way. I think it's like Rollins. Rollins is a good holdover guy. Like that isn't that the fucking sad thing that it's like we have to realize that okay, great balls of fire. Whoever's gonna fight him is just gonna lose. So mm-hmm. whoever's winning this is basically just the disposable guy, the fucking feed to Lesnar. Well, it just shows that they have too many fucking pay per views. Well, it's it's too many fucking pay per views and the. The, the fucking problems that part-time champions present. Like, Lesnar as champion is fucking stupid. I said it last time. I said it this time. Fuck this shit. I don't want a part-timer to ever have a belt. Ever. Well, the last time, I would say, is a little bit better than this time. Because at least last time, he was back like every other month or so. I yeah, like. I guess that's true. He but was, this time, yeah. this time he's gone for months on end. Yeah, this time he was straight up like he has not been back. Other than I think what the night after WrestleMania, maybe. Maybe I can't remember. But, but yeah, but even that, it's like well, maybe I can't even fucking remember. <laughs> yeah, like it's fuck that shit. I hate that shit because then you have fucking stupid booking problems like this. Where, you know, Vince in his head, I guess, has like, all right, well, if, because Brock Lesnar, there's so many fucking eggs in that goddamn basket that he can't just fucking lose at any pay per view. So then you know there's no chance he's losing outside of SummerSlam, maybe Survivor Series or WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Like, so then, like, all, so many of these matches are just gonna be fucking meaningless because you know that these guys have no chance against him. Right? Yeah, like if if I if I one hundred percent know the conclusion of the match before it happens, why the fuck do I care? Especially if it's a fucking Brock Lesnar match, which is boring as shit. I don't get it, Joe. Neither do I. And I, the, another problem they're having is like they have two possible matches that they're trying to promote right now, which is either Reigns versus Lesnar. I'm sorry, three. Reigns Lesnar, Samoa Joe Lesnar, or Finn Balor Lesnar. So, speaking of Finn or Samoa Joe, though, did you know that he was the super smart money favorite? Like the Las Vegas odds? Yeah, yeah, like the betting odds. Samoa Joe's the huge favorite. Wow! So he could be winning this. Yeah, which because Vegas odds than... are like ninety nine percent accurate. Yeah, it, so it. The thing I was reading, uh, it, an interesting little tidbit on top of that, too, was that he was such a favorite and then so many people were betting on him that they actually had to take him off of the betting for a little bit. 
<laughs> and then put him back in. Lose. They thought they were going to lose a lot of money. Yep. That's funny. Well, it, it really is. You have to wait till day of because that's mm-hmm. when the odds are come become really accurate. Right. So we'll, we'll get to see tomorrow then, I guess, what the odds will be. Mm-hmm. But that would be kind of wild if they actually went with Samoa Joe. Dude, that match would be amazing. Like, from an actual match standpoint, that's the guy I would actually most want to see fight Lesnar out of those guys. Yeah. As soon as Lesnar came to the WWE, everybody was like, or I'm sorry, Samoa Joe came to the WWE, everyone was like, dude, a match with Lesnar. Mm-hmm. So then, in in this sort of build, would you keep Samoa Joe the heel and then have Brock Lesnar kind of be a facey tweener? Because Lesnar's just kind of always Lesnar. He's just always a little bit more heel or face. Yeah. So then, in this in this match, would you would you keep Lesnar as the face kind of then? Yeah, because Joe's a really good heel. Yeah, because I feel I feel like it'd be harder to turn Joe than it would be to just slightly flavor Brock. Mm-hmm. And then plus two, like I guess as far as their styles too, like Samoa Joe being a little bit more technical, and then having like the submission hold as a finish, like yeah, you know that works more as like far as the heel thing. Mm-hmm. versus, like, Brock being more of the explosive sort of offense guy. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. I would love to fucking see it, actually. That would be a good birthday present. WWE, let it be Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar. I would actually be interested to watch that. <laughs> Please. So, I take back only a little bit of what I said before, because I'd kind of <laughs> like to see Samoa Joe versus Lesnar. That, that I'd kind of like to see. <laughs> Unless they just decide to fucking have uh, Samoa Joe just be bitched out, which they might. <laughs> oh god, that would be horrible. Because I mean, like they've had a lot of people get bitched out by Lesnar, dude. They're not above it. Yeah, they let Cena get bitched out by him. Like that should tell you there's nobody that they won't <laughs> let it happen to. Cena and Reigns. Cena, yep, Cena and Reigns. And they let Reigns fucking retire the Undertaker. So. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Just think about that for a second. Or at least, God damn it, I hope that motherfucker's retired, but I guess we'll find out. But uh, speaking of Reigns, what did you think of his uh, his uh, match there in the main event with Rollins? Solid match, man. I thought it was too, and I, th- I thought Reigns was really, really playing into the heel in this match. Like, yeah. There, there was an extra level of kind of um, calculated viciousness. Like... I don't know if you remember this one spot, but, like, you know, he goes for, like, the drive-by kick. Mm-hmm. But, like, so he's about to do it, but then he, like, decided to then – he was about to go for it, but then he thought better of it and moved towards Rollins, pulled him over to the corner post, and then went back and set up for it a second time to then kick him into the corner post instead of just kicking him. That's some heel shit. Especially for a supposed friend, Right. Right. His supposed former brother and all that. Like, that's a heel move. And there were a couple other spots in this match that I saw that were kind of like that, where he was he was being sadistic. And I liked it. Because <laughs> goddammit, that dude is a natural heel. Oh, he's such a good heel. And, um, oh my gosh. All right. Um, great highlight from this show, unexpectedly. The R-Truth promo oh wow yeah we just we're just talking about this <laughs> my god um, um, goldust and r-truth both with great promos yeah go i mean goldust did well and i guess i wasn't as surprised by that because i just i think goldust is pretty good and he did well yeah, last it, week 
Yeah, last week's promo. I, I like last week's a little bit more, but this week was just as good. So, but yeah, like our, this was the best thing I've seen from our truth since his uh, heel turn. What was it like five or so years ago? Mm-hmm. Something like that. This was a really good promo. Yeah, and like it I, actually I, got me excited the... for their match. Like I want to fucking see. Like this is actually one of the matches I'm most excited for. <laughs> and like um, the movie references and stuff, absolutely love it. Yeah, like all of his fucking Pulp Fiction quotes and stuff. Like it, it, fit, it worked really well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun, but you could like tell what he was doing. But like it didn't distract from the mood that he was trying to set and what he was trying to do with the promo. Mm-hmm. It enhanced it. <laughs> it was so good. I, I just like that he didn't rap. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have to fucking rap for it. That was good. Um, that covers my highlights for Raw. Do you have anything else? No, I'm good. I'm ready to go on to the better show this week. All right, and then we can we can run through uh, Extreme Rules predictions a little bit later. Or did you want to do that now? Uh, yeah, we can run through it now. Okay. Uh, let's see. What's the? I imagine the mixed tag match is probably going to be the pre-show match, right? Either that uh, or Goldust our truth. Like they don't have any pre-show matches, actually. What? No. All hmm. of the matches listed are for the main card. Maybe they'll throw something together last minute. Maybe. But uh, all right, so uh, we'll just go through what they have then. So right now they have Rich Swan and Sasha Banks versus Noam Dar and Alicia Fox in a mixed tag team match. I feel like the faces are going to take this one. Yeah, I think Sasha's down to help kind of bring up 205 Live, but I don't think that's going to help. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I figure just, you know, give the faces the win because, you know, Sasha, I guess, can then... Um, I don't know, this is tough because this makes me have to think about where the women's division is going, and I really don't know at this point. <laughs> so, I don't know, I figure give the Sasha the win because, it you know, fuck it. It's it's a kind of meaningless match, so just let the faces win. Because hasn't hasn't Alicia Fox gotten more of the upper hand at this feud anyway? Yeah, a lot more. Yeah, so um, give it to Sasha and, because and Dar, least, Dar as well. Yeah, so Rich Swan needs actually. You know what? Give the win to Rich Swan because like yeah, fuck it. I don't care. This thing is so fucking meaningless. I I. <laughs> All right, let's stop wasting time on it. All right, so to a match that we actually care about, Neville versus Austin Aries submission match for the Cruiserweight Championship. I think Aries takes it here. I kind of think so too, but I, it's really hard because I I could definitely see this going both ways. I just I don't see any like uh, the past couple months. Austin has seemed like the only face that can take on Neville in a. What's the word I'm looking for? A believable match, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think. But I think there's a lot of heels that are ready or could be ready very soon for Austin as a champion. You know, I'm going to take the opposite stance. I think there are two good candidates for faces to go up against Neville. Hit me with it. I think you've got Tozawa after his big win over Kendrick. Okay. Uh, And then you've got the returning Cedric Alexander. I think you could light some fire under him, get him a couple couple good wins, maybe win a number one contenders match, and there you go. I'll give you a Tozawa. My problem with Cedric is that we've already seen it. Going for the title? 
Well, him and Neville, at least. We did? Haven't we? I feel like we have. I don't think so. I feel like he got injured really, really soon after 205 Live got started, and then Neville came back a little bit afterward. Because I don't think well, we've seen these guys. He was doing kind of both. He was doing, like, NXT and... Maybe there was a little bit of overlap, but I don't feel yeah, like... Yeah, Cedric it's... Alexander versus Neville, 205 Live, January 24th. Huh. So they've had one okay. match, at least, maybe. Okay, But yeah. you're right. No, I'll give it. I'll give you that. Yeah, so like, I think you could... And it, and with those orders, like you could do Tozawa first, and then mm. you could do Cedric. So that Cedric's got a little bit more time to heat up. Um, or see if he will heat up, because, you know, who knows? Maybe the crowd isn't going to take to him this time around for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I doubt maybe. it. I feel like they were pretty into him last time. But, you know, they might not. <laughs> People are fucking fickle. Um, but I just see, like, for the heel side, I can see Drew Gulak. I can mm-hmm. see Noam Dar. Um, I mean, you can always uh, just kind of throw Kendrick in there. He's kind of in that level. Yeah. Neville, and then you've got TJ Perkins. Yes. Because I, I think uh, either way, honestly. Tony Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You've got Tony Nice. Well, I don't know. Is Tony Nice enough to be a contender? Because he's got the personality Not of cardboard. He, he definitely <laughs> needs to get some work, but. I mean, that's just what I, I see more heels than faces, I guess. Okay. Although I think I think probably no matter what, I imagine the next match is probably going to be a three-way. I think you're going to ha- – well, I guess this would only happen if Aries won. Because if Aries doesn't win, then there's no point in him getting another match mm-hmm. right now. Like he would have to go back to the bottom. Yeah, so I, definitely. He's at his wit's end. I'm going to go ahead and agree. I think Aries is going to win this. Um, because I think Neville could still win, but at this point, I would honestly say Ares would benefit more from the win than Neville would, because I think Neville's pretty cemented right now. Yeah, he had a good run. Mm-hmm. His character's well-established. Yeah, and then, because if Ares loses, this would really hurt him, but if he wins, then this would really help establish Austin Ares on the show, because mm-hmm. him being the one and only guy who could take down the king. You know, and then now he's got the championship, so, you know, just from like a logic standpoint it would make sense that he's the champion you know because like yeah it's always so kind of weird when like the champion isn't the top guy you know what i mean yeah like when the champion is not believably the guy that can beat anybody else on the roster like it's just a weird kind of situation so i think like having neville had been that guy for a while and he was the guy who could beat any of the cruiserweights Mm -hmm. and then now Ares is that guy who can beat any of the cruiserweights so I like it. Uh, I've actually really enjoyed this feud. And I am honestly okay either way. But I think it'd be smarter to have Ares win. Because then you could do like Ares and Neville and TJP in a three-way. I think would probably where you go next. Because mm-hmm. then you know, TJP's like, hey, what the fuck? Where's my title shot? The one, <laughs> the one I was promised for so goddamn long. And I've beaten up Ares so many goddamn times. Yeah, and it would throw some variety into that feud. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Okay, so up next we got the Hardy Boys defending their tag team championship in a steel cage match against Cesaro and Sheamus. Cesaro I feel that the Hardys just win this. Oh my gosh, do you think the Hardys actually win this? I think they do. I think WWE is full on <laughs> behind the Hardy Boys and does not give a shit about Cesaro and Sheamus. 
I, you know what? I would honestly believe you if Sheamus wasn't on this team. Because WWE clearly doesn't give a fuck about Cesaro. Yeah. But they have shown that they do give a fuck about Sheamus. Well, they haven't in the past couple of months. He's losing everything. I mean, that's true. They've been doing some <laughs> god-awful booking. But, like, they can't. They can't. Cesaro and Sheamus can't lose this. Oh, my God. They can't lose this. I, I can't bet against them. They have to win. Cesaro and Sheamus have to win. Mm-hmm. This is pure insanity if they don't. <laughs> I mean, it might already be, but <laughs> I'm, I'm picking Sheamus and Cesaro. Or as as the British go, do 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 do, Sheamus and Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we have Alexa Bliss versus Bailey on a kendo stick on a pole match for the women's championship. Mm-hmm. I don't know who wins this. I'm gonna have to think about it for a bit. But I do think you get the spot of Bailey finally getting the kendo stick and just going ape shit on Alexa Bliss. Yep, and I think that's why Alexa Bliss wins. Mmm, Bailey's anger feeds into her hate and she messes up. Well, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Alexa Bliss will cheat somehow or you know take advantage of Bailey's like I don't know. I think Anchor. she's just gonna, yeah. I think she's just gonna fucking retain the title somehow. Mm. Bailey's oh. going like nuts with the kendo stick, and all of a sudden Alexa just like rolls her up somehow or something. I wonder, could you? Maybe this would be the way you do it. Maybe because the part of the stipulation is whoever gets the kendo stick first can use it legally, right? Yes. So I think Alexa Bliss gets the kendo stick, and she's wailing on Bailey for a while. And eventually, you know, Bailey can get her you know, baby face comeback. But then, like, she sees the kendo stick there. And then she, like, she gives in somehow, maybe to it somehow. And then just fucking starts wailing on Alexa Bliss. Or maybe Alexa Bliss cheats to win and then she goes after with the kendo stick afterwards. But I could see it like, yeah, maybe she hits her with the kendo stick and then Bailey gets disqualified. Hmm. But then, like, you could still kind of, I guess, have the comeuppance of, like, oh, well, she's at least getting to beat the shit out of Alexa Bliss. But she didn't win the title back. Which, yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like Alexa Bliss is keeping the title. For right now. Me too. Yeah. Bailey could definitely get it down the line, but just not right now. Yeah. Because uh, I still think at some point they're probably still going to try and do Bailey and Sasha, right? Or maybe they're not going to do that. I mean, they hinted at it at the very beginning of Bliss's reign, but there's been no mention of it, no hint, like anything like that recently. Yeah. So that, so then part of my thinking is like, hmm, what if they keep the title on Bliss for now? Maybe they would try to do Nia Jax feud. If not, maybe they would try and plug Sasha in as the next opponent. Mm-hmm. Have Sasha against Alexa Bliss or something. Because then if you transition the title from Alexa Bliss to Sasha, then you can do Sasha Bailey. I don't know. I don't think that has any feel to it. Well, Sasha has to be heel. That's that's yeah. the problem. And I think if she gets the title, then she could turn heel. Or maybe she could turn heel as she gets the title or something. Maybe. I don't know. The Raw Women's Division is very weird right now. This is a very weird field. <laughs> SmackDown is so much better. Well, it's... Because it's, like, it's not even necessarily at all this is bad. It's just it fits together so strangely. Because like you've got Alexa Bliss as champion right now. Mm-hmm. And she's been completely dominating over Bailey in her feud. 
And then Sasha Banks has been caught in a feud with the worst woman on the roster, Alicia Fox. So, like, there's no other face that can go up against Alexa Bliss unless they turn Nia Jax, which, based on that crowd reaction at that one point, maybe. Maybe. But then again, done nothing with it since. Yeah, and I wonder if that might be on purpose just to be like, well... I mean, what else, what is she going to do on TV? There's really not a whole lot of people for her to wrestle. Like, that's what she going to wrestle Dana Brooke. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just keeping her off for a little bit until um, Alexa Bliss beats Bailey again, and then have Nia Jax come back. Maybe. Uh, so then we have Dean Ambrose versus The Miz in a singles match for the Intercontinental Championship. But if Ambrose is disqualified, he will lose the title. Oh wait, uh, who is your prediction for Bliss and Bailey? Oh, Bliss. Okay. All right, so we got Ambrose and Miz. I think I mean, uh, Miz takes the title back. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I have causes. I think it, and I, I think it falls exactly into the uh, stipulation. I think mm-hmm. he's going to cause Ambrose to do some kind of thing that gets him disqualified, and then I have I have a very specific dream booking for this match. What, what is I, that? What I would like to see. Is you so everybody comes down with their entrances, they get into the match, they ring the bell, and then Miz walks over to the corner, Maurice slaps him, and then the ref disqualifies Ambrose, and then Miz just walks away with the title. That would be amazing. Like that would just get some nuclear heel heat. <laughs> like and he just smiles like a piece of shit the whole time. As he walks out with the title. <laughs> Because then Ambrose would try to fucking chase him down, so he'd probably have to run off. But or maybe he could like hit him with a weapon, like maybe have some brass knuckles hidden because he like he knows mm. the match is going to be over right away. And then afterwards, like yeah, I knew you tried to come after me, so I had this ready so I could you know kick your ass. Yeah. And then like leave him laying afterwards with some weapons. Yeah, and have like maybe a minute or two beat down, just like you know, beat him down afterwards. That's what I would like to see. Either that or just fucking running away. But either way, just doing a straight up piece of shit heel move <laughs> oh my god i would love it so all right we got we both got Miz for that one yeah uh so main event rollins versus reigns versus balor versus wyatt versus samoa joe for the number one contendership to the universal championship hmm. i feel seth rollins i think it's gonna be rollins too i mean i know he is smart- the Sacrificial lamb that will go to what is Brock Lesnar, the beast at Great Balls of Fire. Right, because like I guess a lot of the way we have to think about this is it's what is everybody else going to be doing? Because mm-hmm. they still haven't done anything to pay off Finn and Wyatt, so I assume they're probably still going to feud. That he could do... Reigns and Samoa Joe. Yeah, like Reigns and Samoa Joe or something. Or, fuck, like, if, if Strowman is able to come back fast enough, do you think maybe he could come after Rain, come after Reigns again and, like, fuck Reigns' shit up again? Maybe. Because then, it, like, maybe he'd be able to, um... Yeah, let me think, because... Isn't this rumor that, like, Strowman is maybe going to be Lesnar's SummerSlam opponent? Yes, that is another opponent. Because if that's going to happen, if he's able to get back in time for Great Balls of Fire, that would be really good for him to get a win you know just because like coming back off of the injury like having a really big win to go after lesnar like you 
you kind of need all the wins you can get going after Lesnar. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Smojo. Because, yeah, otherwise, I guess, what, maybe Reigns and Smojo could have a match? Yeah, I think so. Kind of just the, the two leftovers that could face off. <laughs> Fuck it, just make Smo and guys fight each other. <laughs> well, because Rain, uh, I'm sorry, Rollins and uh, Joe, I think, have, have reached the end of their feud, so. Yeah, reached the end of their, like, non-feud. They just... Well, it was like they had a reason to fight in the beginning, and then it just kind of was like, I don't know, we just keep fighting each other. <laughs> like, there was no real end goal or end stake. And there have been, like, times where they've just kind of, like, been in the ring with each other recently and not attacked mm-hmm. each other. So it's like, all right, <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> over. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's uh, it for Extreme Rules, yeah? Yep. Okay, let's, uh, right. let's pop over to SmackDown real quick. The better show this week. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of New Day's return to, or uh, I guess debut on SmackDown? I thought it was good. Uh, I think they're going to be a great addition to the um, tag division, but I didn't see anything that was like blew me out of the water with them on SmackDown. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was their best material, but I think they did do a really like. I think this is one of their better promos. I think this was a good job by mm-hmm. both them and the Usos. I think they both did really well. I think definitely giving them the break of not being on TV every week definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that they were probably getting a little burnout, you know. Yeah. Especially because like of all the different guys, like they probably had the most consistent promo time every week. Yeah. Outside of like maybe Jericho and Owens. Um, and they they'll definitely uh, it's a they'll have a nice feud with the Usos. Yeah, I think I think this will be fun, and it's it's weird because I. I Going into it, I was like, well, I guess they're both just kind of like the top teams, so it would make sense. But it, it really, I wasn't sure how the dynamic was going to be. Mm-hmm. But seeing them actually promo off against each other, it it actually was really good, I thought. Mm-hmm. And I fucking, I don't know, I fucking love New Day, dude. Like, all their fucking little antics. Like, the fucking spot where, like, afterwards the, the Usos are walking away. And Big Ian... Woods are holding Kofi, and he's just, like, continuously hip-thrusting at them, saying, like, come on, come and get it, look at it, look at it, <laughs> like, saying, like, look at my dick, like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, I fucking love it, dude, because that's just, that is some shameless taunting, <laughs> and I am a fan, uh, uh, but that, that's, another my, high- that's my little thing. The uh, highlight for me, and for you as well, because I think we... Both of us have predicted this, but a women's Money in the Bank match. It's fucking happening. Finally. Though it happened very awkwardly, I'll say. Because you literally had all the women just like laid out from their brawl. Like people getting powerbombed through tables and all this stuff. And Shane McMahon comes out, does all his dancing and stuff to his music. And he's just like, first women's Money in the Bank match. And like, then <laughs> leaves. <laughs> and it's just like... Could you have done it when they were all, like, conscious, or... Actually, I liked that it was, like, that he came out post-brawl. Like, I thought that was good. But I wish he would have been a little more serious about it. Yeah, yeah, I think his delivery could have been a little better and all that. Yeah, but, like, yeah, I, I, liked the, I liked the story idea of yeah. that it's too hardcore and we need to put together the Bunny of the Bank match. Mm-hmm. Although, speaking of which, who's your early prediction to win it? No, oh, Charlotte, by far. Really? With, with, and I've heard some reasoning on this, and I think I like it, Carmella as a second. 
like that's your secondary pick to win? Yeah. Okay. So what's your? I mean, I feel like for Charlotte, probably just because she's like the main chick. Hmm. Uh, what's your reasoning for Carmella as a secondary option? Uh, Carmella having the two pins over Naomi, mm-hmm. and then getting the briefcase could be her like, see, I am legitimate. Like I got the two pins on the champ. Now I have an actual match, like in this briefcase. Mm-hmm. And her being a heel adds a nice little touch to it. Yeah, I can see that. Well, here's a question for you: Do you think they're going to add Naomi into the match? Uh, no. I think it's just these five. So then, do you think Naomi's going to have a separate women's match? Like, no, I think she's just not on the card. <laughs> yeah, that's because that's the only one left, right? <laughs> yeah, because I feel like it'd be kind of a a shame and a weird waste to not have Naomi in the match, especially after they just pulled that whole logic of Kevin Owens being like, well, I'm the champ and I've beat these guys, so I should be in this match. So I'm like, why wouldn't Naomi come out hopefully this next week and be like, um, I'm the champion. I want to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And I've beaten these motherfuckers. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why are they allowed in and not me? Well, because she has the championship. Well, she can still be the champion and Mrs. Money in the Bank. I mean, obviously, <laughs> if they put her in, she would... No, it makes sense, because then you, you would be able to pick another rematch whenever the fuck you want. You already get an automatic rematch after you lose the title. But you get an extra automatic rematch. It's an extra security blanket. Like, I don't think they should really ever do it. Like, I don't think they should put Money in the Bank on somebody who's the world champion. But from a logic standpoint, why wouldn't the champion want Money in the Bank? Oh, they would want money in the bank, but it just exactly. seems... Yeah. So but, then that's why Naomi should try to get into the match. And then she'd still no, ultimately no, lose, but... just no. What? No. Why? Just because it would be ridiculous. It'd just be like, okay, then how do we decide who gets the next title match? Like... You have a number one contenders match, or Mr. Money or Mrs. Money in the Bank cashes this in. This is like, the number one contenders match. No, this is Mrs. Money in the Bank. This is you get a title match sometime in the next year. This isn't you have to use at the next pay per view. All right, then. So why isn't every champion in the number one contenders match? Why isn't Lesnar in this match at Extreme Rules, the five way? Why is it? Why doesn't he make it a six way? Well, because he can't compete him against himself for his own title. So <laughs> that's what feeds into Money in the Bank. But Mister. But money in the bank is good for a year. You might not be a champion later on. So like, then you can lose question, the title. Hold on. Does that not question the champion's resolve? A champion should think that I'm going to be champion forever. Well, if they're a fucking retard, like you can still have resolve and realize that eventually you're going to lose. Like someday you're going to die, motherfucker. Are you going to be champion when you're dead? Like, yes. Like, if you I'm, die a champion, you are still champion. <laughs> Well, okay, that's a fair point, maybe. But, like, <laughs> do you seriously think you're going to hold on to that title until you're dead? <laughs> These characters do. Uh, no, half of them even talk about, like, someday I'm going to lose this title, or I, like, a couple of them do admit it. Mm. I, I just don't like I think it'd be weird, weird, too weird. I I think it makes sense. They got to compete for it. Why wouldn't they? I mean, they have the title. I mean... In a perfect world, there would be enough women that there would be the ladder match and then also this match, which actually brings me to what my pitch would have been to slightly change this, is you, I, would take, I would take Carmella out 
and then have Carmella fight Naomi. And then have the rest of them in the ladder match? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then you still have four. You'd have Becky, Tamina, Natalia, and Charlotte in there. Mm-hmm. And actually, so my, my pick for this, um, I think Becky is going to win this. Okay. Because I think... So very different picks. Yeah, because I, I figure Carmella's probably going to get one of the next title shots because of, like you said, the yeah, I've already got two pins on Naomi, so it makes sense that she's got to get a title shot. So Naomi can beat Carmella. And then I figure Charlotte's probably the next feud. They got to go back to Charlotte and Naomi. Because Charlotte's just going to get a title shot basically whenever the fuck. Cause she's because Charlotte. she's Charlotte. So I think if you give it to Becky, it's 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 something more for her to do. It also gives you a little bit of an options of like, well, do we keep her face? Do we flirt with maybe turning her heel? Like, I think it gives her a little bit more of an option. Mm-hmm. So my pick is Be- Becky Lynch. But I'm fucking excited because this is a history making match. Yes, it is. You know what also is exciting? Mm. The uh, Fashion Police segment on SmackDown. Oh my god, dude. That noir style was amazing. <laughs> when their thoughts were talking to each other. <laughs> you can hear me? Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. This shit is, a, is hilarious. Do you, I, wonder, I wonder how much this is scripted or if this is kind of like... Uh, when like Miz and Morrison would do the dirt sheet mm-hmm. from the accounts that I had heard, basically the idea was like every week when they would get to TV, they would have like an hour to just be like, all right, you guys go do the dirt sheet. <laughs> and then, yeah, we go do the rest of the show. So like, I wonder if it's just like, all right, they get a little camera crew and it's like, all right, guys, just do your little fashion files. <laughs> and we'll put it on the show later. Like maybe, yeah. maybe with like some light supervision to make sure they don't get too out of hand with it. But Oh, I'm like, sure there's there's always a producer there, so I'm sure it's just yeah. a producer, and it's probably just someone good like Jimmy Jacobs or something like that, where mm. he's just like, "All right, you guys do you." Yeah, because like this this feels very South Paul, like this feels very them. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, it could be the producer that did South Paul. Okay, I was I was meaning more that like this has like I feel like Fandango and Breeze's style just all over it. Mm-hmm. Like you, whatever. Like we said, probably that whoever producer is is very hands off and just like we trust you guys for the most part. <laughs> for for uh, this, like for yeah. doing fashion files, <laughs> maybe not and like then, going out and cutting a huge promo, but then they had a great match. Yeah, and then they had a fucking fun ass match using the water guns. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love it, dude. The f- fucking fashion police are one of my favorite parts of SmackDown every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was hard to top Ziggler's big win over AJ Styles. That was a really great match, in my opinion. Because Ziggler got a win. <laughs> and apparently not completely on purpose. Yeah, so there's there was a rumor floating around that apparently uh, AJ Styles' foot was supposed to be on the rope during the pin. Uh, so that um, I'm assuming the ref would not see it. Mm. And then they would like do a storyline with it, but hey, man, I don't care. Ziggler won a match. That makes me happy. It's like such a rare occurrence. I have to celebrate it because <laughs> I mean, there's no way he's winning money in the bank, right? Yeah. Even though, so. when I really think about it now, I would love it if they gave it to him because I think more than anybody else, he could use it as a big reinvestment. 
but they won't yeah, do because it. Like look, it's, lot, look what happened last time he cashed in. Man, that was a that's that's probably got to be within like the top five biggest crowd reactions that I can remember. Mm-hmm. That was big. Um, let's see. Anything else was big? Okay, so uh, we were. I was going to talk a little bit about Kendrick and Wrestles, but fuck it, <laughs> it could be a thing for another time. Um, off of NXT, what did you think of Champa's heel promo before he goes off to injury? Loved it. Say more. Why did you love it? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I thought you were going to say no. Um, yeah, just his his reasoning. It was great. He was like talking about being scared that he was going to get replaced. And then he was like, well, if I'm going to be get put on the shelf, I'm going to take out Johnny as well. And just like this, I like this idea that he was like sit, sitting there festering with this injury. And then that's what caused him to uh, like change his mind, so to speak. Especially because there were all those rumors flying around or people like trying to fantasy book and saying it's like, yeah, put Scott Dawson in there. Yeah. Like, the replacement thing has a lot of reality to it. Mm hmm. And he and he says that too. He's like, "You fans wanted me replaced." Yep. And man, like, he, oh, and hit, hold on, him calling out Johnny at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I, I love his energy, dude. Say. He like there was some good seething anger in there. Oh yeah. Like I can't wait to see the psycho killer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, just the, he he did what um, Sid tried to do. So Sid Vicious was horrible at promos because he would do this soft talking and then this incoherent yelling and but like I feel like Champa got that like right when he was just like well newsflash I'm not a damn afterthought like oh yeah great yeah he he had the heat in the right moments and like his fucking last little bit too where he was saying so like, yeah I'm not gonna promise that I'm gonna go work on myself and come back better I'm gonna promise you that when I come back I'm gonna be like the scariest most like crazy son of a bitch you've ever seen yeah like the most i think it was the most dangerous was that the word yes, he used i believe so yeah that was perfect thank you and i like too that they set it up perfectly like all right gargano and champa are going to be out for the same length of time so look forward to their when they both they're both back yeah dude that's going to be a really exciting nxt feud yeah cuz i think it's going to cuz johnny Johnny's promos are like they're good, but I think this is going to raise him to another level. Yeah, I think he's going to have to step up into another level, and I think if these guys both really step up into it, which I definitely think they can, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up putting the NXT title into this feud. Mm. And I would really like to see that. I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Other than that. Sanity got beat. <laughs> yeah, other than that, Sanity got beat. Uh, that Cesar Bononi, whatever the fuck his name is, got a upset win over Almas. Yeah. And, uh, and Pete Dunn beat the shit out of Danny Birch and then gave a, actually an excellent little promo. Yeah. So it was a, it was a good show. Yeah. I, man, I fuck it. I just have to gush over that one line of it's like, you know, I had to watch since January as that boy held my title. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> So much hatred. <laughs> like, I love it when the heels actually hate the faces, too. Because mm-hmm. there's almost always a good reason for the face to hate the heel. Mm-hmm. Like, the heels are just kind of generally, like, fucking dicks. But, like, this heel has a good reason to hate that face. Or at least, yeah, within his own logic. 
mm-hmm. he has a good reason because in his mind this title was always his. Um, but last thing I wanted to bring up is the return, the glorious return of Lucha Underground. Yes, uh, unfortunately, I'm a horrible wrestling fan and forgot about this. <laughs> you fucked up. You fucked up. <laughs> that I did. That I did. So this is a continuation off of the story we left off with, which was that Mac was going to get a Lucha Underground title match against Johnny Mundo. Uh, they ended up having a regular match, and Mundo won, which allowed him to pick the stipulation, which was going to be all night long. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, essentially, for those of you who are not up to things, an Iron Man match. And they killed it. So they came in, and yeah, first it was just standard match for the first pinfall, which Johnny Mundo ended up getting the first pinfall. And like, it was a really good meshing of styles and commentary was doing a great job of building up this idea that like Johnny needed to basically keep his distance from Mac because Mac is a close distance fighter and is insanely powerful while compared to Mundo. But Mundo has incredible conditioning and has a lot of what they were calling long range offense. So basically something that you would have to knock somebody down for, or get them set up for to finish them off. So he's constantly trying to come in for the quick strikes and trying to dodge in and out of Max attacks. So they were doing that. Uh, he got a pin off of the, uh, I was about to call it Starship Pain, uh, end <laughs> of the world. Uh, and right. So then, I mean, and there was some like heel dickery to set up that pin. So it was like mm. semi-clean, but not completely. Uh, and then after that, so then Mac was like coming after him real hot. And Mundo was, like, pulling some real sneaky heel shit to keep, like, tricking him. You know, like, get him to, like, run into the ropes, dodge under him, do some parkour shit. And then he was, like, because he was basically, like, running from the Mac a lot at this point and trying to, like, get in some shots. And he ends up sneaking in a second pin on the Mac by getting him in, like, a roll-up and, like, uh, laying himself on the ropes to hold him down for leverage when the ref wasn't seeing it. So (laughs) Mundo's up two to zero, and he's just, like... You know, hamming it to the camera, doing all sorts of shit. And then eventually fucking Mac catches up to him and fucking power bombs his ass through the ground and gets a pin. Jeez. <laughs> so, like, Mundo is just, like, dead in the fucking ring. And <laughs> so he decides to start getting the fuck out of there. And so he sort of, like, uh, I'm trying to remember because he did a lot of really brilliant fucking heel shit. Um I wrote down a few of the specific ones. Okay, so uh, after he had done the power bomb, Mac was kind of fucking with him a little bit more, like really hitting him with a couple power moves, and then like uh, Mundo ended up having to come back with some offense. I think he hit. I'm trying to remember. It was like a it was like a plancha to the outside of some kind. It was a really great looking move, but uh-huh. afterwards, like he the way that he came down, he was like selling like he had a fucking injury. Jeez. And the ref like th- like they brought him in, and, like they were talking to him, and he was like. You're crying in the side, and then like one of the refs just threw up the X, and the physicians were coming out like they were stopping the match. Oh jeez! Like Mac even came over, and like they had a brief exchange with Mundo, like you know, two seconds. Like he just came over, leaned down, and Mundo like said something to him. Mac said, you know, he walked away, and then the commentary was like, oh, like you know, he came over there, and even like sportsmanship shines through even in this moment. You know, Mundo's saying he's hurt, and Mac's gonna let like let him walk away from this. Like they were ending the match. They like commentary was saying, We're so sorry. You know, these things happen in the business. And then, you know, Mac was turned away, and all of a sudden Mundo pops up, 
runs up and kicks him in the fucking nuts from behind and oh, then chins his ass <laughs> to get up three to one. Oh my god. And then he starts doing jumping jacks and the whole crowd is losing their fucking minds, dude. They are pissed. So then eventually Mac comes to and Mundo fucking books it out of the arena. Like just runs to the back. Or at least it appears to be Mundo. Because so, so he ran under the ring, came out on the other side, and then ran back through the office. And then Mac chases him. But then all of a sudden, you see Mundo come out of the ring. And it's like, what the fuck? Oh, geez. Was and, it? Uh... And then so he ends up, it ends up coming back through. And you see that it's PJ Black dressed up. I was going to say. As Mundo. And then uh, you know, Mundo's waiting with a kendo stick. When Mac comes back around, then he cracks him over the head with it. And the you know, PJ Black and him are fucking him up. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's, they're about to pin Mac again. For the fourth time, but then who should show up but Son of Havoc nice. to even up the odds. So he comes in there and he's fucking up PJ Black, and they're fighting back and forth. And then I'm trying because there were a couple other little events. Because then eventually, okay, yes, I remember now. So eventually, then Mundo and PJ Black get the upper hand over Son of Havoc and Mac. Like they've gotten mm-hmm. them beaten down on the ground, and Mundo's like laughing over Mac's body. And then he grabs a mic and then he starts telling the band. He's like, hey, you guys know any good victory songs? <laughs> and forces the band to play him a song. And he's sitting there with PJ Black and they're playing on the kendo sticks like air guitar. And then all of a sudden you see someone jump from the stand where the band is and like just jump all the way down onto Mundo and PJ Black. And who should it be? But Sexy Star in disguise. Nice. So Sexy Star's fucking them up. And then Mac eventually, um, I think he slammed Mundo through a table or something and then gets a pin. And then there was a spot. Oh, shit. I forgot to mention. There was another spot where be- they had the stretcher for a little while uh, that like Mundo was about to get taken out on. And so mm-hmm. Mundo was fucking Mac up with the stretcher for a little bit. But then he was like running up the steps. And then eventually uh, Mac ends up fucking him up and getting the stretcher on top of the steps straps Mundo into the stretcher and then slides him down the steps. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then he gets down to the bottom and Mundo's like trying to struggle out of it and shit. And then he fucking flips Mundo onto his face while he's still strapped to the stretcher. Uh, all right, so that happened a little bit ago. But then, yeah, catching back up to the present, it's 3-2. Uh, and then, let's see, Mac, uh, at that point, then uh, all the rest of the outside interference is gone. Like Sexy Star and Mac take PJ Blackout, so then it's back down to just Mundo and Mac again. And these okay. guys are just fucked up. Like, it is, like, neither one of these guys can move very well. Like, they're, they're, they're selling the injuries. Stand. Yeah, exactly. And they've got, like, five or six minutes left. Um, I might have fucked up a little bit of the order of things, because Mac ended up getting a second pinfall, basically, off of the help of um, the allies. And then he ended up getting, I think this was his third pin, was when he slammed Mundo through the tables. So mm-hmm. then it was tied up three to three. And then like it's you know very little time left. Like Mundo is dead, just trying to fucking run away. Uh, and then eventually Mac pulls out a ladder and is like gonna fucking end Mundo for good. He's got Mundo set up on a table and he's climbing up a ladder to go jump off the ladder through the table on him. When then all of a sudden this guy, uh Ricky Mandel, I think was the name that they said, but this guy who was like dressed up like Mundo and was basically like Mundo's number one fan, was the gimmick. He comes mm-hmm. up and grabs Mac's leg to stop him. 
at least for a little while, and eventually Mac kicks him off. Mac hits the fucking move on Mundo. Mundo is deader than dead. Ref comes over. They start counting. One, two, three. But before he could hit the three, the clock ran out with, like, it was like one, two, oh, So Mundo's still dead. He still had him pinned, but too bad. And so then it was uh, three to three, tie. So then the tie goes to Mundo. <laughs> and then uh, Dario's like, fuck this shit. There's no ties in my temple. <laughs> These guys are going to fight again next week, even if it takes all night long. So all night long, number three? I don't think they're going to go all night along again. Because he said okay. to the first pinfall. Yeah, okay. week. So if, he said it's all, even if it takes all night long, but. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get one more match, I guess, out of these guys next week. But, man, this match was killer. Like, it is long. I definitely need to go back story. and watch it. Like, I'm going to go back and watch it probably a couple times. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was even better than the first all-night-long match. Wow. And that's saying something. That was a good one. Definitely. Because that was one of the greatest matches out of Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this one even tops that first one. All night long again, better than the first. All right, uh, I think that's going to bring us to our very last topic for today, which uh, was what we were going to get into last time, a uh, brief discussion on a question we have, which is um, whether WWE, as far as like a whole, as far as like what their company's focus should be, do you think that they should try, like, if, if, if there's, like, a sliding scale, say, between, like, if there's, like, a scale, uh, okay, one okay. side it's hardcore and one side it's casual. Like, where along that scale should they focus their energies? I think now they need to focus on the hardcores. But when so they too. first went, when they first went public, I can definitely, I can always, when the people that complain about them um siding towards the casual side, I really can't blame them. Like they're they're a publicly traded company. They have to respond to shareholders. Like you have to you can't make a move and defend it if it's not making the company money. And so but I do think that they should start heading towards the hardcore because I think that's where the money is now. Right, at this point, because like, you know, back in the attitude era and stuff and a little bit before that, like wrestling was actually a little bit more part of a cool part of pop culture yeah so you could get actually some of the casual audience but now it's like the casual audience doesn't care about wrestling they don't know about wrestling so the only people who you're going to fucking get money from are the hardcores right yeah i think if you keep at it i think you can eventually make a rise like the attitude era again but don't try at it like Mm -hmm. it'll come when it comes because there's always been ebb and flows in the wrestling industry right and and I think there's actually a, a really intelligent reason to appeal to hardcores, um, based on how people get information and where they trust opinions now. Because people, for the most part, instead of like going and reading from an actual company or from a site like what they think about themselves, people trust their peers. Like people will go to like a YouTuber or some other person like that that they can connect to and relate to, or their friend somebody that they know, like, for an opinion. Mm -hmm. And so instead of WWE trying to sell you on why WWE is great, because 
most people now it's like they're so uh constantly aware to just like being sold shit that it's like look i know you're trying to sell me something so like how could i trust your opinion of saying this is good Mm -hmm. so you would trust a fan's opinion of whether they like it or not so appeal to the hardcores because then anybody who's gonna like ask a wrestling fan about wrestling they're probably gonna say good shit about the product right but right now there's so much of like a weird disconnect sometimes between the audience like it's it's definitely gotten a lot better the last couple of years, I'll bet. But there's still a lot of problems. And mm. there's a lot of people within the wrestling community and part of their thing, like, why are there so many fucking wrestling podcasts? Because we all like to complain about the shit because we all think we could do it better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If, and if this is what the fan base is doing all the time, like, why would other people want to get invested in it? Because they see the fans of the product and they're like, man, half the fans hate this shit. Like, why the fuck would I want to watch it? Um, well, I, I will say that. So, yes, a good amount of the podcasts are people just complaining about it. But I think there is a good amount that also just love it as well. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's why you want to appeal to that that fan base. Even the ones that do complain, like, it's people that care enough to take the time out of their days and lives and stuff to record this stuff like we're doing right now and to put it out there. Right. And I think that we're pretty fair about things. Like we praise the things we think are good. Oh yeah. We don't just sit there and shit on things the whole time. Exactly. We're, we're not I, a complete I have shit heard out of some podcasts and I don't listen to those podcasts. I like a well-balanced like mm. audio, <laughs> a well-balanced audio. Yeah. But yeah, I, cause like, I think part of even the problem of why, I mean, not all the problems, but part of the problems of why the hardcore audience gets upset is because WWE does things that try to appeal to the casual audience too much, like trying to make Reigns the champion when it's like clearly, like, or, you know, making him the face. Like, clearly he's not supposed to be the face. Mm, this brings up an interesting question in my mind. Do you think that's them catering to the casual audience or hating the hardcores and trying to go against them? I think it's because they're, I mean, they're spiteful, but I don't think they're that spiteful. Okay. I think it's them trying to appeal to casuals because think about it from this perspective. If you just watch one episode of Monday Night Raw, Mm -hmm. like of all the different characters that you see there, like who for like, who are probably some of the top guys that most people will be like, oh yeah, like that guy was the most badass or that's the guy I like the most. Like, I think that Reigns would be one of the ones up there just because from a first time that you're seeing stuff, you're probably not going to be t- paying that much attention. You don't really know a lot of what's going on. So a lot of what you see is based on just sort of looks. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely. So that's that's kind of why I think that, you know, in their brain, like, especially with Vince, like, he attaches to those large guys. Because from a casual perspective, the thing that's going to catch your attention is the thing that you don't see every day. And a lot of the other guys that they have while maybe they're 10 times the wrestler that Roman Reigns is, like, I've seen a lot of guys like Finn Balor on the street before. Like, I've seen a lot of guys like Seth Rollins before. Like, you know, but a real big Samoan guy like Roman Reigns, I haven't seen as many of that guy. Like, he sticks out more. Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa Joe, I, I think would also stick out a little bit more, but yeah. but he's not, you know, lusciously good looking like roman reigns so he, he does there are a lot of women attracted to him yeah well, he's a good looking guy yeah i've never denied that he's a good looking man 
Maybe I would like to stroke his hair. I don't know. <laughs> but he's a good-looking man. And so I think I think that's that's part of the thing is because yeah, like guys like Reigns appeal to the casual. Yeah. Because he sticks out. I do think though, I think they at least understand their need to appeal to the hardcores with this network. I think that's been one big positive of the WWE network. Yeah, because who the fuck is just going to get and keep the network if they're not like a real fan? Yeah. Because like, I mean, they they do the constant comparisons to Netflix and shit like that, and it's like for the for the casual fan, like how are they going to pay more for the WWE network than for Netflix? Yeah, like. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> well, and also, um, you have to even be a hardcore fan to do Netflix as well, right? With all the series they have out now. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be on top of your shit. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm a fan of appealing more to the hardcores, especially because I'm one of them. So it works out for me. <laughs> Appeal to us, damn it. Appeal to me, damn it. <laughs> I mean, I will say... And I'll say it again. We said it a little earlier. They've been doing a better job these last couple of years. They really have. Oh, by far. By far. Like, you remember this shit in 2010? If, if we were doing this podcast in 2010, it'd be like, oh my God, this is the worst. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that. <laughs> those were bad times. Man, if we were covering the Nexus when they first came in and Heath Slater and Michael Tarver and all that. <laughs> I can't believe I fucking oh, remembered Michael his name. Michael Tarver. The Fanny Bandit. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, We're we're not going to go all night long on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, I think we've definitely dissected that question really well. So if you guys want us to get more in-depth on other topics or questions like that, just shoot us an email, supersmartbrothers at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, uh, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter, at Smart Brothers, and please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast uh, on Stitcher, uh, Google Play, iTunes, and our original home of Podbean. Indeed. Uh, have a great week, everybody. And we, unless we come up with a plan to do it, plan on us not doing a show next week. So, okay. Probably not doing a show, but maybe we will. But probably not. So, see we'll you all in two weeks. <laughs> we'll keep you on your toes.